Welcome on this good day that the Lord has made. I'm Joel Van Hoogen and this is the Bread of Life. Our program is presented by the International Disciple Making Ministry Church Partnership Evangelism. I encourage you to learn more about the amazing work we're doing around the world. Just go to traincpe.org. And to learn about this radio ministry and our missions fellowship in Boise, go to breadoflifeboise.org. We're in the archives for a series on the disciples of Jesus Christ. May the Lord speak to us as we listen to the teaching of His Word. Yesterday we began to tell the story of Judas Iscariot, the betrayer of Jesus Christ. We learned that Judas had a good start as one of Jesus' twelve apostles. Peter had said to Jesus, speaking for the twelve, Lord, we have left everything to follow you. Peter was right. They all, including Judas, had made tremendous sacrifices in order to follow Jesus. They had left homes and jobs and family all to be with Jesus of Nazareth. Judas, like them, also witnessed the great works of Christ, and with them did great works. But today we begin to see a turn in Judas away from Jesus Christ. Something happens to Judas, and he begins to hold back, giving Jesus his all. Judas became... A Petty Thief It was during this first year that Christ gathered all the multitudes around and he preached that wonderful sermon that we know of as the Sermon on the Mount where he laid out the principles and laws of his kingdom and of his rule. And the disciples were all a part of this. It was a wonderful, exciting time. And it was also during this time that Jesus took these 12 disciples and he broke them up into twos. So he made six groups and he sent them out. And Luke chapter 9 tells us that he sent them out to all the different towns. And he said, don't worry about any provisions you have. I'll take care of your needs. And he gave them power, it said, over demons and power to cure diseases. And they were given power to preach the kingdom. And they were given power to heal the sick. And verse 6 of Luke chapter 9 tells us that the 12 went out throughout all the towns in the region preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. You understand? Judas was a preacher of the gospel and a healer of the sick. And he experienced it with all the other twelves. And then they returned and they were so excited about what God had done. It was a very exciting time that first year of ministry alongside of Jesus for these twelve. Things seemed to be moving so rapidly towards everything that they dreamt of. Christ seemed at any moment ready to seize the throne and establish himself as Israel's Messiah and King and to bring about political and spiritual renewal to the land. And this excitement seemed to culminate on a day almost two years, exactly two years, after the beginning of Christ's earthly ministry. A very important day. A very curious day, though, because although it seemed like everything culminated at this point, it became a turning point in the life of Judas. On this day, Jesus was meeting with a crowd of well over 5,000 men. The Bible only identifies how many men were present. We don't know how many women and children were present. A large crowd. And the crowd was hungry. And it was discovered that there was not adequate food to feed the people. And so Jesus took some bread, and he took some fish, and he blessed the bread, and he broke it. And he distributed it among baskets along with the fish, and he gave it to the crowd. And the Bible says that all the people there ate and were filled. And then Jesus came to the twelve disciples, and he gave each one of them a basket. And he said to the twelve disciples, Now I want you to go with this basket, and I want you to collect the fish and the bread that remain. And so the twelve apostles went among the crowd and gathered up what remained, 
And the Bible says that there were 12 baskets full of food. In other words, Christ had not only the power to feed all these people, but he had demonstrated to his 12 apostles that he was going to give them the power, the resource within himself, to be used as his agents to feed others as well. Their baskets, each one of their individual baskets was full of food. And so they came back. It was an exciting day. And at the end of the day, the peaking moment of the day took place when all of the people seemed to gather and come to Jesus and it said they would make him king by force. In other words, they would allow him to become their king and they would become their army going throughout the land, instituting his rule throughout Israel. And this was an intoxicating moment for all 12 of these disciples. But it became the moment that began the turning of Judas away from Christ. Because the Bible says when all the people were ready to make Jesus king, everything they'd hoped for, everything they seemed to see blossoming before them in this year that they spent ministering with him, seeing Christ being prepared to rule over the nation, at this moment, Jesus passed up the offer and snuck away from the crowd and hid from them. The next day, the Bible says in John chapter 10 that the crowd caught up with Jesus in the town of Capernaum. First, they gathered to him and they, they still sought to make him king. And Jesus gives a tremendous statement. And we don't have time to read John chapter 10. He said to them, you are not seeking me because you want me. You're simply seeking me because I filled your bellies. Not because you believe in me for all that I truly am. I am the bread and water of life, Jesus said to them. You must embrace all of me. If you do, you'll be saved. If you receive me and you embrace all that I am, I will give you eternal life. You must, Jesus said, eat of me. You must drink of me. For I am the one that the Father has sent from heaven. Believe in me, and I will give you eternal life, and I will raise you up in the last day. Don't worry about your bellies. Don't worry about what the flesh desires. The flesh can profit you nothing. I am telling you spiritual words. I am bringing to you words that are spirit and life. Listen. Eat my flesh. Drink my blood. For I am all that you need. I am the bread and water of life. It was a stunning moment for the crowd, you see. They had rushed to him. They had sought him out once he had snuck away from them. They wanted him to duplicate the food. What do people need from a king to be cared for, to be provided for? This is the perfect king. He'll fill our bellies. He'll give us what we need. He'll give us the financial resources that we'll need. We'll be the richest, most well-cared-for nation in the world. And he'll be our king. And Jesus said to him, my agenda is not to meet simply your physical needs. My primary agenda is to reorder your spiritual world. My primary agenda is to change your life, is to give you eternal life. I am the bread and water of life. I am the spiritual substance that you need in your life. I am the one that God has sent in order to grant you eternal life, not simply a temporary kingdom. It was a stunning moment. A moment of bold declaration of the faith mission of Jesus Christ. He laid out his purpose before all the people in that moment. And the Bible says at that moment that their carnal appetites overruled their spiritual needs. And on that day, it said, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. They were not willing to receive from Jesus his primary mission to be the one who would be the soul and substance of their being, be the one who would meet all that they needed. They simply wanted their bellies filled, and they left him.
And as the crowds began to dwindle away from him, and if you read on to the next two years of his ministry, you'll begin to understand that for the most part, the crowds continued to dwindle away that had gathered around Jesus in that first year of ministry with his 12 disciples. And on that day and at that moment, Jesus saw a seed of departure or of unbelief, a seed of betrayal that was beginning to be engendered in Judas. You'll read about it in John chapter 10, verse 64. And he said to his disciples then, Will you leave me also? And Peter spoke up, speaking on behalf of the other twelve. Peter said, Lord, where else can we go to? You have the words of life. We continue to look to you. We'll continue to follow you. And yet Jesus knew that not all of the twelve felt that way. And so Jesus said to him, Not all of you believe. Have I not, he said, chosen you twelve? But one of you is a devil. We don't know exactly what Jesus saw on that day, but what we understand is at that moment, Jesus saw the pathway that Judas had begun to embark upon. That although he didn't depart with the masses on that day, at that moment, his heart began to wander away towards an action that he didn't foresee, but that Jesus Christ did. Now, there were two more years of ministry that took place after this. Ministry that continued producing many miracles from Jesus Christ. A ministry where not only like the 12 had been sent out once before on a missionary journey, now Jesus takes the 12, adds 58 more individuals to the group so that 70 individuals are broken up and they are sent out in groups. 35 groups of individuals are sent out by Jesus and they again go out and preach the gospel and cast out demons and heal the sick in Jesus' name. And this is also something Judas was a part of after this moment. But something was happening in Judas's heart. He was constantly being disappointed. Jesus came to so many points in the road where it looked as though Jesus could just take the right turn and he could walk straight up to a kingdom and he could establish himself as the one who would rule over Israel. And at every point in time in which Jesus came to these strategic points, these strategic crossroads where the right turn would lead him to a kingdom and a throne, Christ consistently went the opposite way. It was as if Christ was determined not to be the king that Judas and all the other disciples dreamt that he would be. And maybe Judas was thinking a little bit more about this than the other disciples. And after this, Jesus began to speak about dying and about betrayals and about beatings and about persecutions for himself and for his followers. And he began to speak about his death and of his departing from them. And Judas began to think the unthinkable. Maybe Jesus isn't able to work all of this out. Maybe he's not capable of reaching the potential that he really has that I've seen in him. Maybe things aren't as they should be. And it was at this point that Judas began to put aside some of the income that Christ had given him, uh, saving it for a rainy day, uh, just in case he thought, this investment of mine with Jesus doesn't work out. Just in case this all doesn't come about, I'll have something to fall back upon. Judas, at this point in time, was no longer giving Jesus his all. John chapter 12 tells us that Judas had begun to steal from the purse that he was supposed to be keeping for Jesus' ministry. And now we come, after another two years, towards the very end of, of Jesus' life. We're in the last two weeks of his life, and he goes into Bethany for a meal, six days before the Passover. And during that time, Mark 14 tells us a woman came in and anointed Jesus. John 12 tells us who the woman was, that the woman was Mary, the sister of Martha and of Lazarus. And there we read that Mary took an alabaster box or vial, and she snapped its neck off, and she poured a precious ointment, spikenard, all over Jesus. 
and it poured over his head and it poured down upon his body and she took the oil and poured it upon his feet and she, with her hair, wiped it into his feet. And Judas, the man who was good with money, began to calculate the cost of this right away and realized that this spikenard and what was poured upon Jesus was the equivalent of the wages for one year for a Jewish man. And Judas protested and said, this has been a waste. And we read in Mark that not only did Judas protest, but it said many of the others protested. In other words, it wasn't just Judas. The other disciples thought, yes, Judas is right. This is inappropriate. And Judas protested with a sense of righteousness and sanctimony. Lord, this, this money could have been given to the poor to take care of their needs. This is a waste. And, you know, to some extent, I think Judas felt that way. He, he felt some sense of righteous indignation. What a waste. We could have given so much of this to the poor, and I could have pocketed a little bit for myself. What's the harm of that? Jesus said to him, the poor you have always with you, but me you will not always have. Another stunning statement. She has done this to prepare me for my burial. Another stunning statement. And we read that it's at this point that Judas went out and he made a deal with the chief priest that he would find a quiet place where they could turn Jesus over to them away from the crowds. The barter that Judas made was that he would do it for 30 pieces of silver, which was the price that you pay for one slave. Thanks for listening to The Bread of Life, a ministry of Church Partnership Evangelism and the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. I want to extend to you a welcome to join our worship every Sunday at 11 a.m. in the Old White Church at 1023 East State Street in the Warm Springs area of Boise. To learn more, go to breadoflifeboise.org and follow the links. Until the next time, may God bless you.